What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another episode of the Smart Out Moments Mac Talk Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, and joining me, as always, are Robert DeFelice. Hello. And Callum Wiggins. Hello there. Hello there, everybody. What is up? What are you doing? How you doing? Are you staying safe? Did you get your stimulus check? I certainly didn't. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> yeah, what the hell's going on with that? Uh, you know, tell us what's up in the comments section below. Tell us your thoughts on what we're going to be talking about today. And, of course, obviously, if you're in a situation where you can't leave a comment, that's because you're on a platform that doesn't support it. So whether you're joining us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or Anchor or uh, TuneIn or whatever, obviously, we greatly appreciate you checking in on this podcast no matter where you're listening. But we want to hear your side of the discussion, not just ours. So hop on over to the YouTube channel while you're over there. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done that already. Ring that little notification bell as well. Well, uh, bell as well, so that way you can be aware. That's how words work. Of when we not only collect words and figure out how to spit them out, but when we do them in a way that it comes in a video package that you can actually click on and listen to, and not have to decipher my weird uh, phrasings. Uh, that's the alert kind of situation. There, we also. Uh, give you the alerts when we go live we haven't been doing that like super often but we've done a couple of them recently so you never know when they're going to pop up and while you're over doing this whole spiel on the youtube channel hit the like button on the video as well and that helps out quite a bit but primarily just telling you drop a comment below and tell us your thoughts on this because this is a discussion-based thing that we really want to get a lot of opinions on because there's a lot to talk about what we're doing here is called wrestling is 2020 and this is something we did once already this year in february if i remember correctly and it started as an idea of how do we tie in the 2020 year and it morphed into what it is now which is in hindsight blah 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 you know in hindsight knowing what you know what uh knowing now what you know would you have done things differently in the world of professional wrestling? Obviously, it's a pro wrestling-based thing because we're a pro wrestling channel. But the previous one that we did was, knowing what we know now, do you think that it was the right idea for Brock Lesnar to end Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania? We talked about that in its entirety and in full length. So check that out if you want to check out that old podcast and listen to our opinions on that. But that's essentially what we're doing. We're just looking back on history and we've got that separation of a bunch of years. So we know whether things worked out and if they did, could they have been worked out better or should WWE have gone in a different direction? If you had time travel, would you change it? Would you change it in any particular way or would you keep everything exactly the same? That's what we're doing here. It's basically an audible because our original idea was going to be a call the spot on the card for the Money in the Bank competitors. Yet we don't know at least three of them because Apollo Crews has been taken out, and we don't know if Carmella or Mandy Rose will be in, or Otis or Dolph Ziggler. So that, if you are looking forward to that, is not going to be in podcast form, most likely. It's probably just going to be an article up on the website, and I'll probably put that up on Monday night, Tuesday, something like that. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, let's get that all out of the way. Wrestling is 2020. That's what we're doing here. And our focus for this one is going to be based on Money in the Bank. We have had plenty of Money in the Bank ladder matches over the course of the past 
15 years at this point. The first one was WrestleMania 21 and uh, 2005, that Edge one. And we've gotten all the way to the point where now we're at two per year, one for the men, one for the women. We used to have one for Raw and one for SmackDown or the WWE or the World Heavyweight Championship and, you know, some different designations like that. I think we had three the one year that uh, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view had happened because that was the one with Jack Swagger. And that might have been the most Money in the Bank winners that year. But we've pretty much gotten to a point now where instead of one, we get two. So well more than 15 people have won Money in the Bank. Should they have won? Should somebody else have won? How do the cash-ins work in? All that stuff is what we're going to be talking about here. So the first thing I want to ask you guys is, with the benefit of hindsight, knowing what we know now, wrestling is 2020. Should the Money in the Bank ladder match be a thing? Absolutely. I think it's a great concept. I think it's a better... The Mr. Money in the Bank moniker and all that is better than King of the Ring in that there's a defined expectation that you will be in the title picture and you get a pretty cool prop to use throughout the whole year. I think fundamentally it's been a benefit to the entire like, structure of storylines and getting elevating people to the main event. Obviously that has backfired several times, but the actual prop itself and what it's used for when applied correctly, can be a massive boost to a superstar's career and can lead to some really good storylines, both with the briefcase and then once the cash-in happens, the cash-in itself is a big, exciting moment. So, yeah, I think Money in the Bank as a concept, as a match, is probably one of the last great gimmick matches that WWE has ever come up with. I love Money in the Bank. And anytime that I hear people complain about it and they think that it should just go away, I'm always curious what their rationality is. Because to me, like Rob had said, this is better than King of the Ring. And I love King of the Ring, too. I really wish that King of the Ring would be like a once a year type thing. But there, that is sort of limited in some ways. Almost everybody that wins the King of the Ring becomes like, oh, I've got a king gimmick and... You know, how much do you really get out of that? Because if it's King of the Ring, you get that and you get the next title shot. You have to have that around a certain time of the year. Then yeah, it's kind of debilitating. Whereas the Money in the Bank, you have a lot of flexibility. You can have a cash in at any time, at any event. Technically speaking, you can even pull like a 24-7 title type of thing. And there's nothing saying that the Money in the Bank ladder match or the Money in the Bank briefcase can't be cashed in at you know, the middle of uh, an autograph session. Like, it's all the time. You could always have a cash-in. So they haven't quite done that in the past, but they've had a lot of different variety between how they've done some things. And I know some people are, at this point, a little tired of some of the same tropes, but to me, to get rid of the concept is to get rid of one of the biggest and best things that WWE has going for it. I think Money in the Bank is the de facto number five, big five pay-per-view, essentially. You can make an argument, maybe Elimination Chamber, but how do you guys feel about that, too? You know, now we have the benefit of hindsight for a bunch of different years worth of this, uh, 10 years at this point. The Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Is it better as a pay-per-view, or would it be better if it was back at WrestleMania? I like it more at Mania because... It gives 
the opportunity for a lot of people to have WrestleMania moments. Like, you know, Shelton Benjamin comes to mind as, oh, but what's he going to do in the ladder match? He's going to do some crazy spot. You know, and then you think about the time frame of having a year means so much more when you go, I can hold on to this for an entire year and main event next year's WrestleMania. I can get injured, which I'm surprised they've never done. But, like, I can have a minor injury and go away for a while and come back and still have this briefcase. You know, there are options that fit more with the WrestleMania time frame, but I definitely don't hate the pay-per-view. I've been fully on board with the pay-per-view being in place. I think the match itself is strong enough. The gimmick associated with it is strong enough that it stands on its own its own pay-per-view. WrestleMania already has enough going for it, or at least in theory it should have enough going for it, that the Money in the Bank ladder match doesn't need to be part of it. And you get to build a whole other pay-per-view on this match gimmick. It's like the King of, when the King of the Ring had its own pay-per-view. That's it's As long as it has something that it's being built around, then, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to have it as own pay-per-view. I think it definitely is the, the fifth biggest one right now. It, it's arguably, in many people's minds, probably bigger than Survivor Series, because Survivor Series is only really there because of the tradition side of things, rather than actually, it doesn't really fit so much into the modern scheme of things. Yeah, you got to imagine that if they were to decide to just get rid of one of them, they'd probably get rid of Survivor Series. They're, like, they're not getting rid they of They almost Roy did, Rumble. like, ten years ago. Yeah. Certainly not getting rid of WrestleMania. That's their bread and butter. They, they would get rid of everything other than WrestleMania before they would get rid of WrestleMania. Uh, Roy Rumble is not going anywhere. That's arguably even some people's favorite pay-per-view above WrestleMania. But Survivor Series is kind of hanging in the mix there. SummerSlam is always going to be like, well, it's B-level WrestleMania, essentially. But Money in the Bank swept in there and just kind of... It swept in there, crept in there, and just kind of swept the competition, I should say, and really took away that fifth spot and arguably became number four. So I love Money in the Bank as a pay-per-view. I think that it works really well as far as having the two ladder matches that kind of hinge the whole thing. And the fact that it doesn't have to happen at a certain time frame of the year, that's weird. Like, Hell in a Cell, to me, doesn't work. And TLC doesn't work. But TLC doesn't work because it's not a freaking... It's a ladder match. It's always a ladder match. It's stupid. But uh, Hell in a Cell is supposed to be something that revolves around a feud. Money in the Bank is just a gimmick match like the Royal Rumble. You can do it at the same point or at different points at any time in the year. And you don't have to build an actual feud around it. It's just people contending for things. Same as the Elimination Chamber. That's why that works so well in between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. It's just... Here's our means of determining something, and the people who qualify are blank, 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 blank. So you can do it in May, and you can do it in June, and you don't have to feel like you're rushing something like you do with Hell in a Cell, you know? I think it works perfectly like that. And I love now that they finally have the women's ladder match, too, because it didn't make a whole lot of sense that they didn't in the past. Well, Outside they had the fact to... that they couldn't really do it but yeah they had to get to a point where you know you could do a ladder match and it would just be like any other match and okay the girl's gonna climb a pink glittery ladder and get a you know it that would have been what it was in 2011 if they had done it this is kind of the opposite of um wrestling's 2020 because it's something that hasn't happened yet 
but I have pitched this idea multiple times in the past, and I still kind of hold true to it a little bit. Knowing the way that things have worked out with some of the people with the Money in the Bank ladder match, do you think that they should have made it to where it's not necessarily that you can challenge for the world title, but that you could challenge for any title? That way, if somebody did want to, and I doubt that they really would want to, but if somebody did specifically want to win the Intercontinental Championship or the United States Championship, that they can cash in on there. Do you think that that should be something that they either change for the future or that they should have made from the very beginning? I maintain that that should have been the case. You win a title shot of your choosing at any time, and it could be any title. I'd say no, and here's why. When the concept had had originally started, it was, hey, let's throw these guys who could be world title contenders in here and give them the opportunity to finally have their shot at it, and they can call the shot. If you start saying, oh, well, you can cash in for the U.S. title, it gives uh, creative a backdoor to go, oh, man, we've changed our mind. We don't really want the Baron Corbin to be world champion. So he's just going to cash in on heavy machinery and pick a tag team partner, and suddenly Baron Corbin's a tag guy. It's It's not as meaningful if it's just... Bear, uh, oh, I can cash in on any belt I want. I kind of prefer the exclusivity towards the the major championships. I don't feel like it would elevate the other titles in any real sense if somebody was to use the Money in the Bank briefcase to challenge for those ones instead. Maybe if you do to do something like, let's say John Cena comes back and wins it and decides to go off the Intercontinental title because he's never won that before. Maybe you could tell a one-off story like that, but I don't think like it's something that should be generally followed. I think the idea of Money in the Bank is that it should be a match which is designed to elevate somebody into the main event position, or at least like give them a major title run. So, yeah, I, I don't feel like there's a need to try and expand it out or try and explain that it can be for any championship. It's not like the Royal Rumble is for any championship opportunity. Like, because you could apply the same logic to that as well. Yeah, it could be. But then again, this year, I mean, Charlotte Flair won and she challenged. And how much did I hate that? Like, how much did I argue from the beginning that that was a dumb idea because it's not elevating the NXT title or the NXT brand. And I think we've already proven that I was correct. Like, yeah, I mean, she shouldn't have won. So it's, yeah, it's a different whole story, but I kind of feel like the argument of, uh, that that would be a way out. And if they kind of decided not to go with the push of anybody anymore and that the mid card was like their plan B might be better than having the person fail the cash in because we've gotten a couple people in the past that have failed. Like Baron Corbin did fail. And if that's because they didn't want him to be a world champion and they just decided, you know what? Nah, let's just have him fail. Maybe if he would have won the United States title out of that, it could have made it seem better. Well, he ended up winning the U S title anyway, and it didn't get him anywhere. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'd always feel like it's, it's, it's definitely not worse than failing the cash in, but I don't feel like it's a huge amount better either because you're almost saying like, okay, we've given this guy the money, especially after so many people have won the world championship. So say, okay, we give this guy the money in the bank and he's used it to win the United States championship. Just go, oh, that's okay. They clearly that's didn't, right. they clearly don't really care about this guy. Or they didn't really a, want to give this guy a run anyway, because they've used him to 
use this as an opportunity for him to win a B a B championship that he probably could have won any week anyway because that's what they do with their B championships. Yeah, from a kayfabe standpoint, it makes the superstar look like an idiot for not picking his time to become the top guy in the business. And from an out of kayfabe standpoint, it just like okay, you're telling us that you don't see anything in that guy because if you look at the failures, like. Damian Sandow failed, okay, but he lost to John Cena, you know? Outside of Corbin, who has the unfortunate uh, displeasure of having lost to Jinder Mahal, you know, it hasn't really caused a lot of dismay to say, I failed to cash it in. Well, to be fair, the argument that it would make somebody look like an idiot for doing that in the kayfabe sense, does kayfabe really kind of apply with those titles because they've never given an explanation for those being mid card titles because there's never supposed to be a mid card kayfabe, but they have given plenty of explanation kayfabe that if you don't want to be the WWE world heavyweight or universal champion, then you're in the wrong business. It's that weird blurring the lines type of thing. Like I think if they were to take somebody like Seamus who has said that he pretty much has done everything but win the Intercontinental title, and he wants that to, like, round out his legacy. I think you could get away with doing something like that and making that title seem kind of big for that. Uh, it feels like a, That would feel like a waste to me. It's a, it's a decent idea for a one-off, but the scary thought of setting that precedent would lead to bad things in the future. Because I think it's easier with someone, maybe not even like Seamus, obviously, but like even somebody who's slightly lower down the card, it's easier. It's easier to elevate them naturally to a position where they're challenging for the Intercontinental Championship, rather unless you're obviously doing the Jinder Mahal method, where you just take a jobber and make him WWE champion because lol, he's Indian. <laughs> but you just go with the idea that uh, you can elevate somebody from a job status to becoming an Intercontinental Championship more straightforward in a more straightforward fashion than going from that to a world championship which is something you can do money in the bank you shouldn't you should go with somebody who's probably in a good position yeah who's on the on the cusp of that level or is only like a few months away from reaching that sort of point and using this as like the the ladder to get them there <laughs> but the yeah no. uh but yeah, I just I and so I don't think that giving them the Intercontinental Championship or using the Intercontinental Championship doesn't make the Intercontinental title feel any bigger. It just makes the guy who did it feel like, okay, this guy's just clearly not gonna be not world championship material. Well, here's another talking point, kind of on the same wavelength, but we've gotten one match with Raw and SmackDown people, and you can challenge for whichever world title you want. We've gotten two things separating Raw and SmackDown. You can challenge for your championship, and that's it. We've gotten the men's and the women's, where you can be from either Raw or SmackDown. You could challenge for whatever title you want. Or we've, oddly enough, gotten... Well, the Raw and SmackDown people are in the match, but you can't challenge for whichever title you want. It's just for your title. So if a Raw guy wins, he can only challenge for the Raw thing. If SmackDown wins, he can only challenge for the SmackDown. That kind of weird rule. With the Elimination Chamber, we've gotten the men's and the women's, and we've gotten like the world titles on the line and the mid-card titles on the line and the tag titles on the line. 
Now, if you're not into the idea of the uh, one Money in the Bank briefcase being for whatever title, what do you guys think if they would have in the past done something like on the first Money in the Bank pay-per-view or so, instead of having like the Raw one and the SmackDown one, if they would have had like, here's the Money in the Bank briefcase, this one is for a world title shot. And we also have another ladder match, and this one's for a mid-card title shot. And another one, and this one's for the tag title shot. Do you think that that could have worked? Three ladder matches is overkill. For just, just as like as a as a, as a general rule, I thought like that would be far far too many ladder matches in one show. Yeah, I mean you're really reaching for like if that was your pitch to work in WWE Creative, I think oh, you might have gotten have the job. <laughs> I mean, no, I think you would have got, got, got the job. Yeah, it's a shitty idea. It's <laughs> a really bad idea. Like, but um, but no, yeah, I don't, I, just, I don't think you can get away with doing three ladder matches with one of them being tag teams because then you got seven hundred people in different ladder matches yeah. all over the night. I mean, have the you seen TLC twenty ten? You can get away with it. <laughs> but I, I feel like maybe one for the mid card I, I like the idea of like the money in the bad briefcase being something similar to what they used to do with the royal rumble win and the idea that you could challenge every well you, you still can do the royal rumble win it's that you can challenge whatever whichever champion you can you target it should just be a general okay this is for the world champion that i'm going to challenge because I, I like it as a as a as a plot device that has been seen in the past that you can move somebody like an edge from Raw where he previously was on SmackDown by having him cash in on a SmackDown guy. I think really it comes down to how confident they are in their booking and if they feel like, no, we have a plan, so we're not going to allow any interpromotional stuff. But really, the biggest trope with the money in the bank is that they use it as their get-out-of-jail-free card more often than not. How many times have they just been like, this guy's injured, throw the briefcase out there because we need to shift gears. In recent years, not as much, funny enough, but it's so good for that. That's one of the reasons why I don't think that they should ever get rid of it because it's just you always have that because it's always a good pop. Like the crowd, if they're getting somebody that's injured and it's some kind of an issue that's a negative. And instead of just being like, okay, well, now we got to figure something else out. You can always get a positive spin out of it with a cash in. And then the crowd's talking about, oh my God, this person won money in the bank and you missed it. And it was so cool and whatever. Like, I mean, I went to, uh, to TLC where Daniel Bryan won. And that was a total shock. Like, I wasn't expecting later on that night that I would get a money in the bank cash in. You know, like, that's pretty cool. But, um, you know, like in with the benefit of hindsight and stuff like that, I think that there is a little bit more flexibility to the money in the bank ladder match that they haven't even toyed around with yet. So that's why I wanted to bring up some of those kind of ideas. My preferred setup is the one that they have now. I think that you have one men's match and one women's match. I still feel like they could put that little eh, it's a challenge for any title. So if they wanted to, they probably could just get out of that situation by saying, well, we didn't say you couldn't, that kind of thing. Like, they could just do that if they wanted to. But I also want to ask another just sort of oddball question before we get in, uh, even into the actual winners and everything. 
we've gotten plenty of different briefcases over the years. I know some people really wish that they would go back to the actual just leather briefcase thing that we originally had. We've gotten the uh, the red and the blue cases. We currently have this, I think, ugly as hell green uh, briefcase for the men with the the yellowish text. And what I consider to be the second best or best briefcase, which is the women's right now, the white briefcase. I like the gold. To me, if you had the gold for the men's and the white for the women's, that would be ideal. And I wish that that would have been the case from the past onward, except for the, maybe the whole Raw and SmackDown thing. But wrestling's 2020. If you could go back and you could change the way that they change this or change that or whatever like that, what would you do? Would we go with uh, the briefcase type of things that we have now? Or do you think it's better if we would have just stuck with the whole leather briefcase generic type thing? Or was that ugly and they should have gone with this money in the bank briefcase thing from the beginning like uh, like I think? I think right off the bat, you see WWE take a simple idea and immediately have to overmarket it, overbrand it. And I get it. Yeah, you're selling merchandise, you're selling toys. I know we talked about this on the fan ounce table that we did, but I actually I liked the red and blue cases because if you're going to do separate money in the banks, I think that's a good way to go. I was not a fan of when they would just like put WrestleMania on the side of a black briefcase. Obviously, I think the best is the basic, you know, it's just a black briefcase. And then outside of that, I'd say the gold money in the bank briefcase that Seth Rollins had and Sheamus had was probably the best. Oh, I miss I miss custom money in the bank briefcases. Because Edge, Edge's Money in the Bank briefcase had the Rated R Superstars logo on it. RVD's briefcase was like a graffitied up RVD briefcase. I prefer it when they have, where the t- essentially they assume the briefcase, so the briefcase is just like the plain black or whatever colour you want of it. And then it assumes the identity of the person who's holding it. Like the, um, the nameplates, sort of. Yeah. I, I think that that adds a, more personality to it. It makes it feel like this is... It's theirs essentially. It makes it feel like they're the one who's obviously they're obviously holding it, but it feels like that's part of their character now. Their character, part of their character, is the fact that they're the money in the bank holder. I know they've done like the the branded Mister Money in the Bank, Miss Money in the Bank, all that other stuff, but I, I referred the custom ones to any of the the gaudy, overdone versions they've done since then. I think. Uh... A good happy medium between a lot of things maybe could be something that they, if they wanted to do this in the future, you take the gold briefcase, right? Where it's got that Money in the Bank logo on it. And admittedly, the gold and the gold part of the Money in the Bank logo does kind of blend in a little bit. So maybe instead of making that gold, maybe you make that black. So you've got the black and the white one, the white one being the women's. I think the women's one's perfect as it is. And you take the gold one, you make that black, you get Money in the Bank logo on there, but maybe that's one side of it. And maybe the other side has the logo of the winner. And you do that for the women's too. I'm looking uh, at the RVD one right now. That is a really unique, really cool briefcase. Wish they would have kept that around. 
Let me look at that because I don't remember that one offhand. Uh, it's like the um, the paint type thing. Yeah, the airbrush. Yeah, like because Edges was just literally the Raider Superstar logo, which works on the black background. But that was a really cool, like it's completely unique for RVD. I had mentioned this in the fan announce table as well. They had teased the idea of Cody getting a custom mirror briefcase because he was doing the dashing gimmick. That would have been a really cool thing. I do think the idea of customized briefcases is nice. I think that you can I mean like the, I I like the whole side plate thing that they do in WWE lately. Like that to me has worked out really well and it's been something that makes things a little bit more fun. So if they were to do kind of a 50-50 split and kind of have like not necessarily just the full thing like the RVD thing, but if I think if you get one side shows the wrestler's thing and another side has the Money in the Bank logo on it, I think you can not only sell a lot of toys because at that point people are still buying the briefcase things and they're still, you know, hey, I'm Money in the Bank briefcase winner, or like whatever, like that kind of thing, but that they could get their own little uh, stickers to go along with it, you know, kind of like because you can buy your own side plates, right? Like, don't they have like custom side plate type things? Like yeah, they have they have stuff for like people who will never win it, like Macho and stuff like that. Yeah, so I think that that would be a good happy medium between a lot of things. You get like the black briefcase kind of thing back for the people that missed the black one, but you got the branded thing so you can sell the toys. And I'm mocking up a little thing right now while I'm uh, kind of spitting out around that that kind of idea. It's not the best thing in the world, but uh, just a uh, so it's actually more gray than anything. Never mind. I'm not going to bother showing it to you guys, but <laughs> but it's something like I think that that's a concept that could potentially work, and I'd like to see something like that in the future. Um, outside of the idea that the whole winners things, can you guys think of any other type of like in retrospect type things like broad topics like that that we could kind of spend some yarn about? I think the idea, if WWE valued their tag teams more, the idea of one year maybe taking a break from the traditional two and doing a tag team ladder match would be nice. But again, that would require valuing the the thing. I think one year they should just do it. You can only be in this Money in the Bank if you've never won the world title. You know? I think that would be a very cool thing. Didn't they do that? Yeah, they've done that in the past, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's that was the hook for the Sandow one, right? Yeah, that was the hook for the Sandow one. And then there was that was for the world championship, and then for the, the WWE championship, it was for people that had only been WWE champions beforehand. Or world uh, champions beforehand. Right. So stuff like that I think works because that way it gives you an extra gimmick and you can get excited because you know you'll see something new. Outside of that, I don't really know. Uh, other than, of course, just going through history and rebooking finishes and stuff. I mean, that's going to be a, a big chunk of what we do here, but I kind of figured I'd open it up to the the wider range, random discussion types of things, too. Because I know people, some people are passionate about the briefcase. Some people are passionate about the idea that it should just go away in general, and I couldn't disagree even more about that. But, um, you know, more than anything... A lot of this comes down to the idea of should there be p- different people that have won 
the money in the bank briefcase or should their cash-ins have gone down differently or should they have switched up uh, which person won and cashed in, like, you know, all the kind of things that go along with that. So we're going to dive a little deeper into that in the latter half of this because we're about like half an hour into this discussion already. But before we do that, I want to toss out a little plug here. If we're talking money in the bank and you've got some spare money in the bank and you want to help us out a little bit, consider donating to the Patreon. We have a Patreon not only for Smartout Moment, but also for fanboysanonymous.com, which is my geek culture website about movies and TV shows and comic books and superhero genre and video games and all sorts of different things like that. It's all the non-wrestling geek culture spectrum stuff. So if you do want to show your support in whatever fashion that you can, even a dollar goes a long way, especially the more people that do that. And if you get to the $10 or higher different tiers, then you get access to Patreon exclusive episodes. We do at least one a month for fanboys and for SmartCat Moment. We tend to do a little bit more for SmartCat Moment than we do for fanboys just because there's more people that are subscribed to that point that can actually listen to it now. But the more people that subscribe to that, the more that they will happen as well. And those are bonus features on Fanboys and there are dark casts on SmartCat Moment. There's also the Pick Your Poison tier where if you specifically want us to do something that we just don't seem to be getting around to or that we might never get around to and you want us to do that so badly enough that you are willing to uh, grease the wheels a little bit as far as uh, take my time out that I don't have to work on other freelance stuff and I can work on actually creating the graphics and the the editing work and everything like that, then whether it's an article or it's a podcast of all sorts of different ranges from different things, we've gotten plenty of uh, requests in the past for fan tracks or fan ounce tables. We've gotten things for superstar scores. We've gotten articles. I mean, like I wrote up that thing about the, how would I read book or redo generation one of Pokemon? We've gotten um, fantasy booking uh, different scenarios. We've gotten, uh, the whole mock draft thing, I think was one of them in the past. So there's lots of options there. If you want to pick your poison, take advantage of that too. And also another means to help out on the monetary side of things are the merchandise shops, T public and Redbubble. They are there for not only fanboys anonymous and smart Cow moment, but also a mango teas. And it seems like they are going to have um, masks soon. So I'm trying to think of some ideas of some cool little masks, maybe some kind of play off of the Mustafa Ali mask, maybe something like the um, masks from characters of Mortal Kombat. I don't know. Just thinking some ideas. So if you ever have a design idea in mind that you would like us to do for that, send it my way. I'll try it out. Alrighty. So commercial break over. Let's get into the winners. And just kind of go one by one, I guess. And just, uh, I don't know, shoot the shit. <laughs> That's basically what we're doing here. First winner was Edge. And Edge successfully cashed in on John Cena. Won the championship. And uh, it's kind of how we start this all off and set the tone for how this works. What do you think? Wrestling's 2020. Benefit of hindsight. Should Edge have won? Should he have beaten John Cena? Or should something else have happened along the way? I think because it was the first, it's one of the few perfect cash-ins. 
So I'm going to say no, I wouldn't change that. I might change the stuff at the end of the match where he screws over Benoit and ends up going into a little feud with Benoit. I would have put Jericho in that role because I always felt like it was weird that Jericho came up with the concept, I believe both on and off screen, and never really worked closely with the Money in the Bank winner or the or got the briefcase himself. But yeah, I wouldn't change that. Edge was perfect. Uh, with the benefit of hindsight, of course, Edge should have won. Sh- should have won the match, which he did. And yeah, it's the thing that launched him into. He, I'm not saying he wouldn't have become a main eventer because he had all the skills, he had all the intangibles to be a world champion. But this is the thing that launched him to being the how many? I think it's like his ten, eleven, twelve time world champion, whatever he is. Yeah, it all starts off the back of this because his cashing was so memorable because his run with that championship, even though short, was actually like a big ratings mover. It cemented him as like, okay, this guy, if we give him the ball, he can run with it and can actually do something with it and made him a world champion many times over going forward. So I feel like this, this Money in the Bank was a very good match. It established the guy as a winner and pushed him, elevated him to a new status. When he became the world champion, elevated him even further. The cashing was brilliant because, especially because of the fact that nobody ever seen had seen it before and hadn't ex- weren't expecting it, because they waited long enough to the point that you'd almost forgotten that Edge still held held the briefcase. Right. Because Edge was, I think Edge pre- prior in the night had fought Ric Flair for the Intercontinental Championship, so he was it wasn't like out of the ether or like. Like just completely like out of mind at that point in time, but nobody was expecting him to pick a fight of John Cena the um, on that night in particular. And yeah, I thought it was just it, it's just great. And in the benefit point, so it just elevated the the legacy of that cashing even further. And it really it sets the tone for several things. It shows that okay, now you can expect a champion to be at their most vulnerable because at this point we still assumed, okay, this person has to come out and announce that they're cashing in and then a date be set for the match. This set the tone for, no, they can just literally do it at the end of a chamber match. And, you know, isn't that just a brilliant idea? And then it sets up edge as the ultimate opportunist character that he would become off the back of all this, because, wow, what a dirty son of a bitch he cashed in on John Cena when John Cena had just gone through five other guys. Yeah, I was not watching at this time, so I don't know about, like, the zeitgeist and to, if I would have booked anything differently back then and, you know, changed my opinion about anything like that. But when I look back on this and I go, wow, that's pretty much as good as you can hope for. Like, I mean, I like the idea of the surprise cash-in. I think that's the best way of going about the first cash-in. Huge fan of Edge. He's one of my favorites of all time. So it's like, I'm certainly not going to be like, oh, he shouldn't have won the championship. Like, yeah, of course he should have. He should have won it so many more times. But um, I don't know about that. I mean, a different discussion for another day. But uh, I am a big fan of that. I can't think of a situation that I would have done differently, especially because I wasn't watching at that time to know a certain level of like 
well, if this person should have been in the match instead and John Cena should have beaten this person, maybe he should have cashed in at this time. Like, I, I'm not really uh, adept enough in that time frame to know exactly what Carlito was up to with the whole Chris Masters thing to change anything up with that or whatever. But I consider that pretty much as good as it could be for that, from my point of view. And our second one was Rob Van Dam. Now this one, I do think that there is a little bit more room to be flexible because we know now he wins money in the bank. He beats John Cena. He wins the championship and he ends up having to get rid of it because of uh, some behind the scenes circumstances. <laughs> Let's put it that way, I guess. So again, I wasn't as into the situation at the time. I was still in my wrestling hiatus, but you guys were watching. What do you think? Should RVD should he should have won? Should they have gone about things differently? Or would you have changed that now that you know how things played out? Albeit with hindsight, obviously, you can tell the fact that he would end up being suspended, having to drop the championship before the time that he was meant to drop it. I, I think fundamentally for the for the match itself and for the moment of him, that match with him and John Cena, which is a match which is burnt into my brain. It's one of the, I, I've watched like tons and like hundreds, thousands of wrestling matches. That one is burnt in my brain. I can remember so many elements of that match taking place because of the the heat of the crowd, the animosity towards John Cena, the Paul Heyman coming in to count the pinfall at the end of the edge interfering, all of that other stuff. I think for that moment alone, no matter ha what happened beyond that point with Rod Van Damme at the World Championship, that one match makes his entire winning the briefcase worth it. I would absolutely agree. I think that moment and that cash-in, I wish would happen more. We haven't gotten a guy just go, okay, I'm going to cash in on this show and then have a build to a match, and then the guy just wins the belt outside of Rob Van Dam. We've seen it teased where people will say, I'm going to wait till WrestleMania and then do it months beforehand, or say, you know, I'm going to get you in Hell in a Cell, and then it ends in a draw. But we haven't seen just, I want to do it on this show, let's build to this match, and it gets done. So I really liked the cash-in for that reason. Whether you want to say the suspension thing, and even arguably the relaunch of the entire ECW brand. You know, those things didn't go so well, but this moment was special. That being said, I would have loved to have seen Ric Flair with the briefcase. Just the weird story they could have told. Because, see, I, I'm not the biggest Rob Van Dam fan. And we've gone over no. that many times in the past. <laughs> the Superstar so, thing is that it's proven that fundamentally. <laughs> yeah. So to me, I don't have, not only do I not have that sort of like, oh yeah, Rob Van Dam finally won the championship when I, I was always like, hey, solid mid Carter, like that kind of thing. Like, you know, I don't get that personal joy out of it, but I also wasn't watching at the time to really be like, man, this was like such a cool moment and whatever. I think I probably would change it. And I don't know out of the people that are in the match, I can't imagine ever seeing a justification for Finley, uh, for Matt Hardy at that time. It seems like he was just sort of filler. 
Ric Flair. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, I've, I'm a big fan of Shelton Benjamin, but I doubt that they would have put him in the match for anything other than just to be an athletic person. Honestly, I don't know if I would give it to Bobby Lashley. Funny enough. I'm not a huge Bobby Lashley fan, but I think at that time frame, if you were to tell me, if I were on the WWE creative team and you were to tell me, hey, I'm from the future, Rob Van Dam does this, this happens, he gets suspended, whatever like that, I think I would potentially make the argument of let's trap the rocket to Bobby Lashley and see what happens. Might not have worked out all that well. Might have worked out better. I'm sure a lot of people are screaming heresy at me right now, but... I mean, I'm, I'm holding in really, really, really significantly. <laughs> at the moment. That, it's, it's such a, that's such a stupid decision. I'm sorry. I know you're not a fan of Rob Van Dam, but that's such... That's, that, that's such like... Okay, so I'm not a big fan of RVD, so let's... Oh, who oh who out of these other five losers am I going to give the title to? <laughs> okay, well, it's well, good it's for not, It's not just a matter of the you know me not being the hugest RVD fan, because if he wouldn't have had that situation with the whole suspension and all that, then there's not anywhere near as much of an argument to be made about it. Then it's just, okay, RVD fans got this cool moment, and that's the end of it. But the suspension thing, throwing it off, it's like, well, you invested in this guy, and he immediately let you down. Would I, that I mean, have been good to avoid? And I mean, WC, WWE, ECW wasn't really a big hit. So are you losing anything there? Like, you know, it's kind of. I, I just go by the logic that I just go by the sense that not not everything has to depend on the championship reign that's following it to be very good. I mean, Edge won the tire when Edge won his cash in. He lost it like 21. It was like it was about 20, 25 days later, something like that. Like if if that had been, I know obviously following that, and you can obviously we know what Edge was to become afterwards. But then if you were like if we were to travel all the way back in that time, and then just say that okay, Edge won this like cashed in this really cool moment, and then he dropped the belt twenty days later, you'd just say okay, so the money in the bank's pretty shit, doesn't mean yeah. anything. <laughs> but obviously now we can look back at it and again. It's I think the fact that RVD was stupid enough to get himself spent doesn't mean that his cashing wasn't worthwhile because it's not like that was the plan. I know what you're saying that. Because he was that stupid, you probably shouldn't reward him and give him the title in the first yeah. place. But I just don't feel like any of the other guys would have, like, based on what we know about how their careers ended up going, none of them really made any sort of real impression anyway either. And when Bobby Lashley was eventually pushed towards the main event, nobody really cared for it. True, though. I mean, there's also the idea that you wouldn't have to, now that with the benefit of hindsight and all that stuff, you wouldn't have to be limited to those people, too. You could have also been like, well, why don't we book this person in the Money in the Bank ladder match? Like, you have the, I, you have free reign to do whatever. So I, I, I'm the I type know. of person who, anytime somebody says to me, "Would you be able to do time travel? Would you do it?" I'd be like, "No, I'd be paranoid that I would make things worse." And you never know if like Rob Van Dam winning that uh, somehow through the butterfly effect made it to where World War Three never happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like one of those things. So realistically speaking, I probably wouldn't change a damn thing. But like, yeah, it's that's. That's the first one. I mean, we're only on number two, but that's the first one that makes me go, that's, uh, you got an argument there, at least. You know, it didn't work out all that well. The only thing I would say is, had they booked his return to the company better, this could have been a nice crowning moment for Matt Hardy, but by the time we got to WrestleMania 22, Hardy was already just another guy. I mean, if that's around the time frame that the whole Lita stuff is happening and all that, could make the argument i guess that maybe it could have been poetic justice if edge would have been champion and matt hardy could have cashed in on him 
They could have, but they didn't. Yeah. They'd gone well. They'd been well past that story by that point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, it's actually Matt Hardy lost. But the end of that feud was Matt Hardy losing a match for the Money in the Bank briefcase against Edge in a singles ladder match. So this so is actually true. Matt Hardy. The, this uh, is Matt Hardy's, homecoming. Yeah, this is Matt Hardy's second opportunity at Money in the Bank briefcase. If you His want second to look at it that way. Yeah. Nah. Again, you know, wasn't watching at the time, so I'm not too sure. Um, we had Mr. Kennedy as number three, and this was very strange because Kennedy was in a match at WrestleMania. And then he said, I'm going to wait all the way until next year's WrestleMania. Rob mentioned this earlier. I think it was Rob. Um, He didn't get a chance to, you know, he suffered an injury and this was like this, like this weird time frame where injuries just happen left and right. If I remember correctly, maybe I'm not, not off the top of my head. It was something like undertaker had gotten injured. So let's Mm -hmm. get Kennedy to cash in. Oh crap. Kennedy is injured. So let's get Edge to cash in after taking the briefcase from Kennedy. Okay, so he's going to beat Undertaker and whatever. Okay, now Edge is going to feud with, I think it was Batista? Yeah. After yep. that? And then after that, Kane? And then, what was it, Edge had gotten injured? Edge <laughs> or... gets injured, yeah. Yeah. So yes. then it became, like, it's just like this like domino effect. Yeah, yeah essentially, this is this is the start of a, yeah, this is the start of a huge cataclysm of events that ends up with Greg Carly as the World Heavyweight Champion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So would you, with the benefit of hindsight, would you get rid of this whole situation and change it up? Because you could get rid of Greg Carly being champion. You can make Mr. Kennedy... Uh, I mean, now you know that Mr. Kennedy wasn't injured for so significantly long that you don't have to take the Money in the Bank briefcase away from him because they took it off of him because they thought he'd be out for a lot more time. And now that you know he would be back a lot sooner, would you maybe have him cash in anyway and just rehab something? Or would you have somebody else do that and Kennedy beats that person? Or You know, there's a lot of flexibility when it comes to this one. It's, it's such a weird one because it's it's the pinnacle of Kenny's career because after that point it almost goes into this massive downward spiral because obviously he gets injured the injury's not as bad as they thought but they decide to make him drop the briefcase anyway and then they decide okay so we're going to rehab him by making him Vincent Mann's illegitimate son then and the Ben thing happens yeah. <laughs> then the, yeah, and, then the, and then he also gets suspended so for like a drug bust as well and so he's then he's just pushed further and further down the card off the back of this. So I don't think, considering what happened to Mr. Kennedy beyond this point, that it's it was what it was wise in the benefit of hindsight to give him this briefcase. His first one where I'm saying no, I wouldn't give it to him. You could make the argument give it to Edge then, because Edge is the one that ended up using it. Personally, I think you should give it to Randy Orton. Bingo. Because Randy Orton, by the end of this year, was WWE champion anyway. So it's not like you're changing the timeline dramatically by having him win the briefcase. And you could use that as the catalyst for him to beat John Cena for the title because John Cena was champion for, I think, by the time that he, he actually ended up dropping it to Orton. And he didn't drop it. He got injured. So so Cena gets injured towards the end of 2007 as well. So you use that as, OK, Cena gets injured in like September, so have Orton beat him then for the briefcase. Cena's almost been champion for a year, so Orton seems like a dick for stopping him winning the title just short of the year mark. 
and then you just go from the storyline from that point onwards. You don't really have to change too much while still giving Orton, okay, Orton's won the briefcase and he would make much more of an impact than Mr. Kennedy did. So I'm going to go same guy, but take it a different route. If you know that Taker is getting injured, you could give it to Orton and then have him do what Edge did without the extra step of beating Kennedy. And then that is almost the catalyst of what Orton becomes anyway that same month and is the psycho who's kicking everybody in the head. Undertaker leaves because Randy kicks him in the head. That way you get rid of a lackluster Mark Henry return, which coincides with all this, and a weird main event run with The Undertaker and Henry, and you just get Randy Orton, Undertaker, Batista becomes your triad of main eventers on SmackDown. Now, now there is a counter-argument in the fact that Edge cashing in and winning the world championship made him, over time, the linchpin of SmackDown. Yep, you're starting uh, to get into totally the argument fair. that I would make here because yeah. as much as I don't like the great Kali being champion and I don't like some of the ways that we got around this whole different time frame, and I was watching, I was firmly watching at this point, so I, I remember this pretty distinctly with uh, – you know, oh my God, Kennedy won this and this happened and, that, and then, oh my God, this is crazy. It also starts the ball rolling towards Edge versus Undertaker at WrestleMania 24. Fair. And that's a match that I absolutely love and a feud that I was a huge fan of. Edge becoming a big part of SmackDown was big. The the odd sidestep of like Batista feuding with the great Kali and the, the Punjabi prison and all these other kind of things that go along with it. More of a hiccup, I think in the grand scheme of things. And this was arguably the best thing that Kennedy had done. I mean, yeah, he won like a TNA world title, but they lost its world title status and all that at this point. But like, I also really liked the idea that somebody beat somebody to become the new Mr. Money in the Bank, too. I mean, that hasn't happened since then, right? No, that's the one only time it's happened here. Yeah. They've had plenty uh, of times where people have defended the, the briefcase, but they haven't lost it. And that's, you know, only the third one set the tone that even the Money in the Bank briefcase holder could potentially be semi-cashed in on. You know what I mean? I thought that, that was really cool. So I actually wouldn't change that, funny enough. I would still change the Kennedy part just because, God, he was so useless. I mean, if you want to, I think all very good points. If you want to skip the line and skip it right to Edge instead of having Edge written out of that match with the bump from Jeff Hardy, then that's fine too. But I just, Kennedy is such a bland footnote in all of this. You know what could have been kind of cool if you can work it in and kind of play around with it a little bit is if instead of Kennedy being the one that Edge beat to win the contract, if it would have been a baby face, like if Jeff Hardy would have won that. Imagine the crowd being like, man, Jeff Hardy's going to be a world champion now because at this point he hadn't won the title yet. And Edge takes the briefcase from Jeff Hardy and does that. Now, that's finagling a lot of stuff 
and who knows how that plays out, but that could have been potentially a better way of doing it anyway, because it was a heel beating a heel for a thing to win the title and all that. I don't think he would have to wait too long, at least for Jeff Hardy to get suspended or injured to make that a possibility, though. So. Yeah, you never know. Um, then we had two in a row of CM Punk. Well, it's, one... ir- it's ironic that you guys mentioned the Jeff Hardy thing, because the next year would have been Jeff Hardy, but he gets suspended like an idiot. And yeah, it was all built around Jeff completely. And then he gets suspended, so CM Punk gets a briefcase. And with that in mind, they go with CM Punk. They give him the World Heavyweight Championship. He has a shitty feud with JBL and drops the title. Yep. And it's like, what a waste. The worst. That yeah, one, this... I don't know if I would change it because of the idea that that actually did give CM Punk a World Championship and maybe that made it easier for them to make him world champion again in the future but you gotta at least think about it because that sucked yeah i i I think for the first one at the very least i wouldn't have cm punk win it my alternative would be chris jericho yep because jericho as rose pointed out was the guy who founded the money bank briefcase so it'd be good to actually give him a win he was just coming back to the company you'd only been back for about like five six months at this point so he was still relatively fresh but he was starting to go down the stale route of like okay he's still y2j but he's just got short hair this time and you can use this as a springboard to him becoming the the bastard that he eventually did become like the the monotone speaking uh super like scientific and i, I don't really know how to describe it that sort of like that very mean cold and, and calculating and... yeah yeah that's yeah, that's, that's a better way of describing it than and you could have him still feud with Shawn michaels because you don't need to have the briefcase on the line or anything like that you can still have that feud and frankly in the way that jericho wins the championship ends up winning it's the world still a is very is, is very money in the bank-esque anyway because he just sneaks a win at the end of a match that he wasn't really involved in because he'd already been had his ass kicked the the entire rest of the night beforehand. He gets one pin on Kane in that championship scramble and wins the title. That's so money. That's so building around like a money in the bank idea. And I agree Punk, with Punk, yeah, yeah, and Punk's reign didn't mean anything. I know. I, I understand what you're saying, Tony, but the idea about him previously being a world championship makes it more likely that you can buy into the idea of him winning it. But I I feel like it would have meant a lot more if Punk's first title win was that win over Jeff Hardy, because I would just want to pile into the idea that I wouldn't have had WrestleMania 25 change at all because Punk's cashing was perfect and the feud that followed it was perfect. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you can kind of um, have a little bit of insurance that Punk would still become champion, I don't think anybody would really care if you erased that whole title win with uh, the JBL feud. It's not, not really all that important. Oh, he gets beaten up by Legacy and Manu in a backstage segment. Like, okay, well, I think we can sacrifice that. You know, I like the idea of the Jericho thing. Um, I wouldn't change the CM Punk cashing in on Jeff Hardy though. I thought that, that was cool. So, yeah, it worked out for everybody involved. Yeah. Then we get this weird thing where it's Jack Swagger is a uh, Money in the Bank winner at WrestleMania twenty six. And he cashes in two days later. 
and he uh, wins the title. He carries it on until he drops it to Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio then drops it to the person who won it at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, Kane. And also at that Money in the Bank pay-per-view, we had The Miz win, and he eventually cashed in and won the title and was champion going into WrestleMania for the next year and so on and so forth. Um, the Swagger one, if we got rid of it, I don't think it matters all that much. I would absolutely get rid of the Jack Swagger cash in. That serves no purpose, has a really awkward moment where he's just trying for 20 years to unhook the damn thing. And this is a lineup of 10 or 9 other superstars who could have really used the boost. I mean, a 2010 Drew McIntyre, he could have used that to cash in on The Undertaker and, and the streak at WrestleMania. You know, who knows? Uh, Kofi Kingston, always a good choice because he's always, you know, proven to be a loyal person to WWE. Christian, Matt Hardy, both guys who wanted to break out anyway, who would end up becoming world champions in their own right anyway. So I, absolutely, I would do one of those guys. Even MVP could have been salvaged. Kane ends up winning one anyway. Like, there's so many ways to go with this. And they went with the most bland option. I'm trying to, like, put myself back in the mindset of when this match was taking place. And Jack Swagger is still a wrong, ch- is still a wrong choice. Yep. But I look back at all the other ones as well, and I just think this is a really meh Money in the Bank ladder match in Very terms of the talent that's involved at that point in time. We know that since since that point, they all become much bigger deals. But I almost feel like this was a cursed briefcase. And I almost feel like Jack Swagger might have actually become a big deal if he hadn't won it and been boosted up to the main event straight away. Because I know like in hindsight, we can obviously look back at it, but you almost have to put it into some sort of context with the idea that, okay, whoever's winning this briefcase is going to cash in two days later. And it's going to become the world champion. Obviously, we don't have to book it like that because we know what happens if they do do that and it's stupid and it's wrong. And they they just lose all the suspense associated with it. But if you if you're gonna if you have the idea of okay, later in 2010 we're gonna do a money in the bank briefcase, it means that a money in the bank pay-per-view where there's gonna be two money in the bank briefcases, we need to have this one cash in fairly quickly because we don't want to have a, a money in the bank, Mr. Money in the Bank going around when we crown two other Mr. Money in the Banks. So you need to you need, so that whoever's going to win it has to win it quite quickly, which means that you should give it to someone like Christian, because at least he's somebody who in many people's eyes should be a future world, who could, could have been a world champion at this point in time. Many people would already believe him or put him in a big position to be a world champion. Maybe Kane, maybe Matt Hardy. Personally, I think this was the opportunity to give it to Shelton Benjamin. Why Shelton? I mean. I, I just think that Shelton was in the Money in the Bank. Essentially, he's synonymous with the Money in the Bank ladder match. When people, he's the he's the most notable competitor in a Money in the Bank ladder match that never won a Money in the Bank ladder match. And if you're going to say, okay, we've got a field of people who've pretty much like either veterans that are kind of past their peak, or or well, at least supposedly past their peak, they'd turn up not to be in the case of either Christian Kane or Matt Hardy. Or just a bunch of up up and comers who we want to strap the rocket to at some point. I think Shelton was the one that makes the most 
amount of sense, really. I think, like, okay, this is this is his match. This is a match that he's always been in and always kind of tried to steal the show with. Why don't we just give him the championship? If we're going to make him world champion soon, then we'll just see, give him the title, see what he does with it. What did Edge do after WrestleMania? Because he, I remember thinking that it was stupid that he lost to Jericho. So, and then that set up Jack Swagger beating Chris Jericho. I remember being mm-hmm. like, "What the hell are they doing so, here?" So, so what happened after that was the Edge and Chris Jericho feuded for continued their feud for a while, ending in a steel cage match, uh, a pay per view, I believe, while Jack Swagger was feuding with the Big Show over the World Championship, and then Edge was drafted to Raw and quickly turned heel. Well, even more bizarre. The cage match sees like this weird double turn, but they never fully turn Jericho face because it just sees Edge go way too far and get way too sadistic. But because of that, I want to touch really quickly on Edge is in some way loosely associated with all of the first six cash-ins. He's either the one cashing in, the one being cashed in on, or setting the scene for the person to successfully cash in. But because of that, and listening to what Callum had said earlier, I think this would have been a really good one for Christian. Edge helps Christian cash in on Chris Jericho. I think that would have been really good. I, I think Christian is the, is the most sensible option out of all of these ones. I just thought, if, if, if you're ever going to get a Shelton Benjamin, this is the one to give it to, to him on. Well, this is funny. I, um, I'm looking back on, uh, this is when I had started Smart Out Moment. Looking back on my predictions and my review of WrestleMania for that year, and there's a section of my predictions where it says, at first, this was a clear-cut edge wins type of match, but I've started to believe that the opposite may in fact happen, especially considering who was in the Money in the Bank uh, match this year. Some heels need to win at WrestleMania, despite how it always seems like the faces will always win, and Jericho could very well walk out of champion, even though it's even if it's through some cheap method. Plus, there's always a gimmick rematch that could happen at Extreme Rules down the line. Uh, 51% heading towards Edge winning. And I had for the Money in the Bank, uh, this is me going 10 people. This is going to be chaotic and whatever like that. Um, I had 51% Christian, 49% someone who challenges and loses. If someone other than Christian wins and doesn't actually lose their challenge, I'll probably shit myself in confusion and shock. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so did you shit yourself I, I let me check the review and see if I did say that I have biggest shock of the night I had a feeling Christian might not win it so I guess my thing changed uh, over the course of those couple of days but I was figuring that if he didn't the honor would go to MVP so he could lose a cash in was MVP doing anything weird at this time oh, MV- this was during MVP's losing uh, match streak uh, no I think he had gotten he was about a year removed from that and had firmly settled into I'm just a guy. Oh yeah, it could have been. Yeah, cause I think because we, I think we, we watched the 2010 Royal Rumble when MVP at that point was feuding with M, uh, the Miz over the United States title. Yeah, I think he was. No, he wasn't United States title at this point. Miz was. Yeah. So, but yeah, he was just the just an any and any guy in the mid card. And I assume you probably just think that MVP would lose because MVP was pretty much just a nothing guy at this point. Apparently, I'm I gushing think... a lot over Swagger's new attire because of the robe. Uh... But I hated the robe. The robe is terrible. I I say here, I'm glad Swagger won. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him. And now that I know that all that happens is he wins and it's I can't even tell you like that. You said that he feuded with Big Show. I didn't remember that at all. Yep. 
And for him to lose it to Rey Mysterio just so Kane could cash in. I love the idea that Kane cashes in and wins the championship. I love the idea that we get a Money in the Bank briefcase cash in at the first Money in the Bank pay-per-view. But I don't know if I would have given it to Jack Swagger. And was Christian a heel or a face? Face. You have a face. Huh. And Edge was still kind of sort of a face. And it would have been like this really... Like, just a cool nod. I believe before he goes on the feud with the Big Show, Jack Swagger has a one-off title defense against Raw's Randy Orton because he was still... Swagger was a Raw guy. Mm. And I believe at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, he fights Randy and just barely makes it out with the title. So it just... All of it was just a mess. I would have totally put it on Christian. It sounds like all sorts of... Fuckitude. Yeah, <laughs> no, this, this is the beginning of oh. Sean's gone, Hunter's gone, Taker's gone. Oh my god, we have nobody. Well, it, it's a, it's a mixture of that, and it's also the fact of it, it's the start. Like, as I say, it's a starting point. I'm sure they would have done they've done it with previous ones before, but this was the first sign of like, okay, we've given this guy the briefcase, we made him world champion, so he's made. And then it's like, okay, so what we'll do is we'll put him in the ring with an established guy and have the established guy kick his ass the entire point, make this guy look like a really, really weak champion. And then, oh my God, how did he not get over as the world champion? God, that makes no but sense that, whatsoever. That was literally 2010 because that was their exact philosophy with the Nexus of, okay, we need all these new guys. Here's a new guy. Why aren't they over? <laughs> so, I'm also looking at I had posted a news post on Smart Moment of Jack Swagger cashing in the money in the bank and here's an excerpt of it personally I'm a fan of this it took me a while to work on warm up to Swagger but he's proven himself in the ring and he's and although he's not the best on the mic he's not the worst in the world I'll admit part of me wanted Swagger to win a world title very soon just in spite of Sheamus <laughs> being pushed for absolutely <laughs> no reason as I felt Swagger had so much more value to him than Sheamus and had proven himself worthy of such a spot he had a decent ECW title reign and helped carry that entire show so why look past him and give the title to a new guy that had only had a shitty gold dust feud uh, under his name it'll be interesting to see at what capacity they use Swagger I'm not expecting a long title reign, naturally, probably more so along the lines of a month or two max, but still, Swagger's a future top dog in the company, <laughs> and it's about time that they start pushing these younger guys instead of backing out every time. Now, if they if they would just give world titles to The Miz, Morrison, and Shelton, dot, dot, dot. So, yeah, I... I think so I'd you change. were right about a lot of those things, and you were very wrong about a lot. I mean, of those he's things. a top yeah. dog in a company. That's true. It's you know, some things worked out really well, and some things could not have gone down a different path. But I think if you get rid of Swagger's thing entirely, and you say we're not doing Money in the Bank at WrestleMania this year, we're going to make it a pay per view. Cool. You can figure out other ways. Maybe Edge beats Jericho for the title, and Kane cashes in on Edge at Money in the Bank. Maybe um, maybe Jericho retains and loses it to Rey Mysterio. There you go. And you're back on track. It's just that Swagger doesn't get a world title reign. I, th- I think how I would have done it in hindsight is that I'd have Christian... If, you, if you're going to have the money in the bank, I'd have Christian win it. I'd have Edge help him. Or Edge inadvertently have helped him like he did with Jack Swagger. So Christian's world champion, you go into a three-way feud between Christian, Chris Jericho, and Edge for a little while. Then you have Edge turn heel, and Edge and Christian feud over the title for a little bit. 
and then you have Edge go over to Raw in that in the draft, and then Christian is the one that loses it to Kane. Because Christian, I think, was a sympathetic enough baby face. I think people would still be excited with the fact that he was the world champion by that point, that you could get the same sort of reaction that you got when Mysterio losing the title. So when you mentioned the Kane stuff, here's another random element that I think people have long forgotten about the Swagger run. He was supposed to fight Taker. He was supposed to go on to have a rivalry with Taker. But once again, like in 07, Taker gets injured and they randomly pull the Kane storyline out. So who knows if Taker doesn't get injured and he has some good matches with Swagger, maybe Swagger does get made and maybe just time wasn't on his side. Hmm. It's funny because like, the only reason Mysterio was in that match where he won the world title was because he injured the Undertaker in the match that they had. Right. Or he was, or another thing got injured. I'm not saying Mysterio injured him, but he got injured in that match. So, so yeah, it is, it is strange how things actually end up working out. Uh, we move on to we move on to Kane Cash. Kane well, Cash is perfect. Yeah, I mean, are we changing the Kane one? I don't think so. Right? Oh no, not at all. No. Yeah. So, Kane, you're cool. The uh, <laughs> Miz is a different story. I would keep it, but I know some people probably wouldn't. No, I'd keep it. I'd keep it. And I can't say like. I know in previous like episodes and, and podcasts stuff like that, I've been a bit down on the Miz, but I think at this point in time, it, it's the right decision out of all the the names that were there. And if they'd have carried on his momentum beyond WrestleMania 27 and not just pretty much stilted stilted him beyond that point, like from around about like twenty like mid to late 2011 onwards, I know he did that feud with like him joining forces with Our Truth and then feuding over against CM Punk and Triple H and the whatever elements with that stuff but from that point onwards they just kept degrading him and degrading him and degrading him to the point where it almost feels like looking back now yes the Miz is like a mo- one of the most winningest in the champions of all time but it's like okay, okay yeah he's he's great but WWE champion he was WWE champion nine years ago nearly ten years ago at this point <laughs> and that's that's pretty it just feels like if he was to become world champion it would have come a lot later and it actually ended up doing uh well aside from the fact that callum just made me feel very old with his factual (laughs) statement there um miz was the perfect choice and like swagger i think he was a victim of wwe became in a position where they needed new guys and they weren't ready for new guys. Yeah. So the guys that they they gave it to were just absolutely screwed by just, okay, we're giving you the belt because you're what we have right now. But we're really, really mad that you're what we have right now. Yeah, it's the, they were very hesitant to go with the people that they decided that they could go with when they had full control over who, who they would go with. <laughs> Because they could have just given it to Orton, they could have given it to Jericho, they could have given it to Edge, you know. But I think they made the right call with Miz. I'm, I'm, I'm more on the happy side when it comes to Daniel Bryan. I think that the cashing was a little bit strange, but at the same time, it was still kind of fun. Honestly, I'm gonna say no. I wouldn't have given it to him. I would have given it to Wade Barrett. Daniel That's Bryan. The other one, yeah. Daniel Bryan would have been fine. He. You can argue that he needs to cash in to have the yes movement, but I think there's only one world title win that anybody remembers of Daniel Bryan's five, 
and it's the one at WrestleMania 30. Oh, there's the SummerSlam. Yeah, but he loses it. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think with that, that sets him up on the path anyway. And they treated that SummerSlam match like he had never won the big one anyway. So he doesn't need to cash in. You could get rid of that. And if you can keep that same sort of momentum, you can get away with him winning the title from CNN doing that. Yeah. See, I think that... I think this cashing is so unbelievably necessary for Daniel Bryan to eventually become a world champion or potentially he was, we could become a world champion obviously <laughs> off the back of this, but I mean, become the main event star that we knew he could be because that world championship run filled him with so much personality and character because prior to that, I mean, you've spoken about it before Tony, how you weren't really on board with the Daniel Bryan thing early on in his WWE run. Right. Because he, he was very bland. He didn't have a lot of personalities. So sure. Not the personality that we know that he has in spades now. And a lot of that was developed or at least exposed to the audience, but off the back of that world championship reign with the yes chance and the, like, I'm the world champion. I'm and pointing at the belt and all the time, the 28 sec, the 18 second loss to Sheamus, the feud that followed it with like him, his relationship with AJ Lee, all that stuff is off the back of this world championship win. So I think it's, it's, you change so much, you or you could potentially change so much wrong in, a, in such a wrong way of not giving him this win. So I think That's this fair. is the one which I think this is the one which could have the most disaster if you change it. I mean, because with that, any of these changes, I would want some kind of reassurance that I'm not messing up the timeline too much and stuff. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, well, I think that there's a very good possibility that if you don't give him this win, he's released within a couple of years. That's true. That's fair. So it's like you lose that entire side of it. And yes, I think Wade Barrett should have gotten a briefcase at one point and been elevated to a world championship status because he was good enough. I just don't think that you could you should risk losing out on the Daniel Bryan and the Yes movement and all that stuff that happened post this point by having him not win this win the briefcase. Well, we can all agree not Sin Cara, am I right? <laughs> not Sin Cara in pretty much any situation. It would be funny if they would give him a scene card of the win because they were suspending him like the night afterwards as well. So it's like... yeah. <laughs> well, the next one's Alberto Del Rio. And can I use your RVD rule of I just, I just in hindsight, like I just don't either. like the guy? So, right. Like, I it seems so hard for me to just say, yeah, you just get rid of this idea because I don't like the, the guy and I never was a big fan of him and all that. But since there is nothing weird about it, it makes sense. Yeah, it's it's the only looking at this list right now. It's the only one that does make sense. I mean, I liked Alex Riley considerably better than Alberto Del Rio. So if you were to tell me like, okay, Alex Riley wins and stuff like that, I'd be like, all right, cool. Like you know, that's that's cool. But he was world championship material at the time and all that blah 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 you know what i mean it's just that sucks <laughs> yeah it, it's it's hard to just look at the field surrounding it you it see people that had been world champion and didn't need it at that point in time or people that just weren't ever going to really reach that level you if, I was, if i was being really finicky i'd be like yeah let, let's go round two with the miss like that's what i was thinking to... <laughs> no I, well i think that the only one that made sense outside velvet daria was our truth Oh, is this our truth? At that point, had just had just been elevated to like main event status. That's right. Yeah, you could totally go there, truth. And he was doing the little Jimmy thing. You could try to feel like he'd be super paranoid. Like he was doing that super paranoid gimmick. You could always have him like 
almost worried that he's going to get cashed in on with the briefcase, that sort of thing. <laughs> so it's like, I feel like that would have, he if he'd have carried on with that character and developed it more, then that could have been quite interesting with him being the briefcase holder. But I still think for the most part, considering how stupid they were with the briefcase beyond that point, with him essentially being, okay, we're just going to re- use him to ruin CM Punk's title reign. Then, then yeah, if you're going to do that, then just do it with Del Rio. Who cares, really? Uh, can we all agree that, like, Miz, for whatever you want to say about how it's played out, 2010 was probably the last really well-thought-out Money in the Bank situation for a while. I, I would disagree with that, but we can move on. Uh, maybe for uh, a few years, but there's, 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 there's been a few since. Was this, was this around what? Was this the Del Rio Sheamus feud? No, that's the no. Next year. Yeah, that was that was uh, when he won it in uh, yeah 2012, 2013, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hate it. Um, recently, Cody Rhodes has said that he was scheduled to win the Money in the Bank that Dolph Ziggler won, and that it changed on. I think he said the day of the show. So, the 2012 Money in the Bank. I mean, one of them was Dolph Ziggler, the other one was John Cena. And John Cena does the whole, I'm going to just get the, I I want this match and that's going to be happening in a week kind of thing. And yeah. Raw 1000. Yeah. That whole thing is easier to talk about, I think, than even the Ziggler thing. Like the John Cena thing, that makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, it was the first time that the briefcase was used directly as a prop to set up the next months going forward and they had no intention of doing anything with that briefcase other than let's just get through raw 1000 and have punk turn heel on the rock so people get an idea of where they're going yeah i I think for that reason i'm kind of okay with cena winning that briefcase and i wouldn't change i mean considering the other four people that were in that match none of them really like screaming, it's like okay, they would have been a better money in the bank holder. Miz by this point was just a mid card guy. Jericho was to the point where he was about he's probably going to be leaving in a short while. Kane and Big Show were well past their prime at this point. Kane already had his big cashing moment, and Big Show didn't need it. So, and um, uh, worth noting that the Miz at this point wasn't even in the match. He just showed up and was like, "Hey, I'm a former world champion." I'm going to be in the match. And it was just accepted. Yeah, so, so I just don't feel like, at least the Cena thing, even though it did feel like a bit of a waste of the money in the bank, at least it did lead to the feud with him and Punk and was a something that was like a bit of a catalyst towards the, the match with The Rock at WrestleMania. So, Or his rematch, at least, with The Rock at WrestleMania. And so, even though he held it for eight days, Dolph Ziggler held it for 267. Mm-hmm. So we had yes. a real Money in the Bank winner. Yeah, and I wouldn't change Ziggler's one either. Even if Cody was the one that was scheduled to win it originally, I think, even with my... I don't want to say it's irrational, because I think it's it's perfectly uh, it's perfectly justifiable <laughs> hatred towards Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I don't think that... I think that his cashing is one of the best cashings of all time. Mm-hmm. And, even and though this Rain- is like peak Ziggler is going to be a star like he's strapped the rock to him already what are you waiting for now well obviously the the big catch is this is the similar to the RVD one because you know 
that in a couple of weeks after winning the world championship, he's going to get concussed and he's going to have to drop the title. So that makes it a little bit harder. Also, I mean, I do have a little bit of bitterness to the idea that I went to see WrestleMania. wasn't really all that fond of it. And then they ended up having the Dolph Ziggler cash in the night afterward. And I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Mm. But well, how do you feel about like the writers? I believe it was Kevin Eck that came out and said, yeah, Vince said in that meeting, we're not pushing Ziggler. This is just because it's the Raw after Mania and we need the moment. Hmm. I didn't even know about that. That's shitty. Fuck but you give him the contract I, I th- for that in the world title, you know? I mean, there's so much that really could have come out of it because even even in the with the concussion, that that double turn match between him and Elbeo Daria was a perfect double turn match. It was about as good as one of those types of matches you're ever going to see. Yeah, and yet they decided cool. to use that opportunity to just push Dolph Ziggler down into a, a mid-card feud with Big E and AJ Lee rather than have him fight, for the world, fight back for the world championship again. So if you wanted to use that as the argument, then maybe Cody would have been better. Or, I mean, Damien Sandow, we know what happens with Damien Sandow, so we'll talk about that in a little while. Christian, I think that was past the point for Christian. Tyson Kidd... We know what happens with Tyson Kidd, and I don't think he would have been kind of believable as a world champion anyway. Sinkara, no. Tensai, no. Santina <laughs> Morella. <laughs> yeah. Santina Morella would have been funny for a little while, but like, no, you wouldn't have him as a as the money in the bank holder. Yeah. I would potentially make the argument, though, that Cody Rhodes should have won instead of Damian Sandow. Uh, I would definitely not have gone with Cody for that. I'd go Wade Barrett for that one. I think yeah, you, I, it definitely you give Wade Barrett a world title. I'm cool with it. Like that guy. Oh yeah. I, mean, world title. I, well, I think when I looked at all those ones, obviously we know the Ambrose would become, but he was very early into his run. So he would have future opportunities. Jack Swag had already been and done. Fandango was Fandango and Cesaro. Cesaro would have been great, but at this point, Cesaro is kind of not super established. I think Wade Barrett was the most established guy outside of Cody Rhodes in that match. And was the guy you kind of say, okay, this guy, out, if you're basically going to say at, at that point in time who's going to be a world champion out of all those ones you probably would look at Wade Barrett as your, like your big one out of those ones Dean Ambrose undoubtedly I mean the Sandow thing Cody gets organically over in that match but nobody was thinking about it at that time uh, Fandango was you know still kind of a meme and very popular but you know again not at that time if I was going to go with what they did, which is the one partner turning on the other, and I had Cesaro turn on Swagger and win it. But Barrett at that point was turning into, you know, I've got bad news, and he was already kind of going by the wayside. Ambrose just makes too much sense here. Like, he's in the shield. The shield is hot. Ambrose could have been the guy here, and I think he might have even had a small run with the belt before giving it to John to merge it with Randy. See, I feel like giving the title to Dean at this point in time de- would, in hindsight, devalue Seth Rollins's Money in the Bank win. That's true. Because that's... you'd already have a Shield guy that's won it. And and you'd already been a Shield guy that had been world champion. And I almost feel like giving them the world champ giving one of them the world championship that early in their run would have been more harmful than helpful for them. Right, but I'm also looking at it in the context of in twenty thirteen, that was essentially like a shinier intercontinental championship. I mean, yeah, that is true, but I'm going with the sense that 
when when D- Dean Ambrose's story, the thing that made Dean Ambrose so beloved in the eyes of such a massive babyface was the fact that he was the, seen as the shield guy that was held down for so long. And you kind of lose that if he's the first guy to become a world champion out of the three of them. I, I just think that even if you were going to have it just for a short period of time and then this guy would win it and then just drop it to se- and scene- drop it to Cena immediately or whatever, then I think Wade Barrett's the one that makes the most sense. It might have kept him around a lot longer. I do think that it would have been cool if Sandow would have won too. I liked Sandow. I I think what bothered me the most about Sandow was he loses the match and then he cuts a, a great promo about how I'm not going to stop until I get my revenge on you, John Cena, and I'm going to be responsible for taking you out. And they literally just said, yeah, right, and didn't even have another match. They just moved on from Sandow. This was really the beginning of just like, yeah, let's merge these belts and get them on to bigger stars and never mind all these jabronis we've been giving the belt to. And of course, we get the Randy Orton side of that, and perfect. Yeah, I'm cool with Randy Orton. Yeah, that was yeah, that's an absolutely like ideal scenario. That that led the, the leading to the. I, I think I probably have grown a lot of appreciation to the entire, not so much authority storyline because it lasted way, way, way too long. That one, but, but like just, going just that, from SummerSlam to WrestleMania. Yeah, correct? that was perfect, and then it just went on far too long beyond that point, but. That that the actual Randy Orton being the chosen champion and Daniel Bryan fine from underneath to get that was yeah it's it was a, a really well told story not the story they wanted to go with but it was the story that ended up happening so and I wouldn't change anything about it. We're all in agreement. We're keeping Rollins. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. That's it, speed it's, right. It's the greatest cash. In, well, it's one of the greatest cash ins. It's it's the first cash in since Edge's cash in that changed the game that set the rule of oh shit you can just do this in the middle of a match right. so it's very important and, I mean, and it's it WrestleMania. Off wrestlemania like <laughs> his cash in saved that main event mm-hmm. again so you're cool. getting a jail free card yeah sheamus is a blah <sighs> yeah but i i, I that is that is 100 true but then i look at all the other people in that match and i think wow this is all a load of blah because you say, okay, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is obviously the, a, a big deal, but he he doesn't suit being the money in the bank holder. No. Because but, he's, like, they were pushing him as the top babyface. He shouldn't be a money in the bank winner. Randy Orton, by this point, was babyface. He shouldn't have held it. Neville shouldn't have held it. Is Kofi, Kofi Kingston, in the New Day, or is this right before? This is Kofi day? in the New Day, so this is when Kofi's heel. Okay. I don't disagree with the idea of Sheamus being money in the bank at this point. I just feel like it ultimately didn't really mean much. Now this this like is the one of those years just, more of like the problem. Yeah. I think. I think this is yeah. I think this is one. Of, this is the year where the Money in the Bank, when that match happened, you just feel like I kind of would be cool if they hadn't done the Money in the Bank pay per view that year. Because like you got Neville, and Neville at this point is hot off of NXT, so he's like a reasonable choice for a babyface. Ziggler is in the middle of. Did he out of the thing with the Miz already, or is he about to do that later? I think so. In 2015, I think he's. I think oh, I'm trying to remember because 
Was so this out, the out, yeah, yeah. If I'm trying to think, because yeah, this is all. This is after the well after the authority stuff. So this is after his bomb ass match with a uh, Harper, and for like a week they teased him as being a favorite for the Royal Rumble, and then he just promptly went back to Dolph Ziggler mode, where you know he's not a favorite to do anything. I think they could have gotten away with Ziggler doing it. However, again, Sheamus, you've got to say that get out of jail free card. Survivor Series messed up, and they weren't ready to give it to Roman, so Sheamus got a run out of it. And I would argue that I would like it more had he not gone back to being like a tag team guy and a mid-card guy following the cash-in. Yeah, yeah I, I think I the cash-in's like... bigger of a problem than Sheamus himself winning. Yeah, it, it just... It was it was a coolish moment, and realistically, Sheamus was the one guy that managed to get Roman Reigns cheered. Yeah, in that entire period of time. So, I think just them handling Paul poorly beyond that point was probably the the bigger issue. So Dean Ambrose, uh, we're probably all cool with, I think, right? Out, out of the options available, I think Dana Ambrose made the most. Yeah, sense. and what a what a moment doing the whole. All three of them had the belt. It is funny reading on Wikipedia. Held the contract for fifty seven minutes. Yeah. Um, here's one that's weird. Carmella, she won it twice because they in did the, the Money match, in yeah. the Bank women's match for the first ever time, and they had the James Ellsworth interference. Where he got the briefcase for her, dropped it, she wins it, and then they decide we're going to do another match on SmackDown. I vehemently hated that for the reasons that a lot of people don't seem to necessarily agree with. My issue isn't that James Ellsworth helped her win it. My issue was don't just redo the ladder match and have Carmella win again. Have Carmella stay the Money in the Bank winner, and she's got the heat from it. You didn't need to do it and have her be like, well, well, she wasn't technically on her own this time. That's more of a babyface move than anything. The problem is they were in the thick of, look at how much we're respecting women. So when people complained, hey, this, you know, oh, it's your first ever woman's winning the bank match and you have a man grab the briefcase for her. They said, okay, we have to rectify this. That was a PR move. I hated that so much. I think that if they didn't want to deal with the, the Ellsworth thing, they shouldn't have booked the Ellsworth thing. And if they had an issue with having Carmella just went on her own, then maybe they should have gone with somebody else or something. But I think that the backtrack is the thing that I would change. More well, than well that's part, I mean, that's, that could be part of the hindsight thing. It's just the idea that just Carmella wins the, you just have Carmella in the Britain case the first time. Right. right. But in, in which case, then I would like to go hindsight and I would have whoever booked the second Money in the Bank ladder match to book the first Money in the Bank ladder match because the first uh, women's uh, Money in the Bank ladder match was absolutely terrible and the match they had on SmackDown was really really good. Great. So I I, I would say okay whoever booked the first one got it all wrong let's choose go with the person who booked the second one and just have that as the one Money in the Bank ladder match for the women that year instead. Uh, Carmella was the right choice there. Carmella was absolutely the right choice, especially in hindsight. I mean, it pains me to say because her championship run was really infuriating to me, but 
out of all of the choices available, you like, do you really need to give Charlotte Flair another accolade? This is she'll like get it. Don't, don't you worry, Callum. Yeah. She'll get it. <laughs> it's almost like it almost actually adds fuel to Becky Lynch's future characters. The fact that she didn't win this match, so that's better of her. Natalia, she she ended up winning the wins title at some point later in the year anyway, so it doesn't really affect that, and you're not going to get to mean or anything. So, yeah. and Carmella's like the whole Miss Money Bank. She was a great Money in the Bank holder, a fantastic yeah. Money in the Bank holder. Not as, not as great money, as the champion. It's still, like I think that she still says now. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it built her entire character, it established her fantastically. I, I may not be a fan of the title reign that followed it, but because I feel like. I almost feel like that was a rain that could have ended in a month or two, and then it would have been totally fine. Because... I think, in hindsight, the James Ellsworth stuff, even for the championship rain, really messed a lot up. I, and I think uh, I, I, I kind of go with the sense that I think just her not being a particularly good wrestler was the thing that messed it up for me. <laughs> this, this was a funny year as well because um, this Money in the Bank was a SmackDown exclusive pay per view. Yeah. Because they they've done the thing where they was this is right right at the start of the brand split or pretty close to the start of the brand split and they decided okay so SmackDown gets one half of the Money in the Bank thing and Raw gets the other half and Raw I think got Great Balls of Fire off the back of this so <laughs> I don't think that was a pretty fair trade yeah so maybe that's the thing that changed instead yeah well Baron Corbin we, alright uh, continue I was just gonna say like the figure of things that you could change the uh, the men's yeah. Money in the Bank. I mean, I'm Kevin, somebody who Kevin really likes uh, Baron Corbin, and I think that he should at some point win the world championship. But Kevin Owens should have won that, or I AJ Styles should have won it, or should have won it. You know, Even like, again, like this, you can run with a babyface Sami Zayn here, or uh, you know, if you want to give it to Ziggler here. I don't remember what Ziggler's doing here, but Ziggler seems like. He's a fill-in guy here. If you didn't want to have the person successfully cash in anyway, Ziggler should have been the guy. <laughs> you know, like, depending on what you want to do with it, I just don't think it should have been Baron Corbin. And if you gave it to Corbin, he should have won it. Right. I don't care who he beat. Even if he, if he beat AJ for a month and lost it. Jinder Mahal had a six-month run with a championship. Like, anybody can be champion. But this was a huge mistake from beginning to end. I mean, this was a good opportunity to, because Jinder Mahal was so loathed as the world champion, to give it to someone like AJ or Shinsuke or Sami Zayn, who was a big baby face at the, the time, and just say they're the ones to end the fight. They've saved SmackDown from having Jinder Mahal as the WWE champion. And they'd be beloved off the back of it. But if you're going to go down the line of, okay, AJ beats Jinder have the Jinder Mahal reign, however long you want it to be, and AJ's the one that beats it, then Kevin Owens should be the one that beats him, and that should be a feud for. It was a feud for. Like, yeah. Well, you know, I'm just trying to think about all this stuff. It's just a case of. It, it, it's just a case of with Baron Corbin losing it. It was the first time that, even though John Cena had failed to cash in and Damien Sander failed to cash in, this was the first time it felt like a really, really huge waste. Right, because it it made no sense. Like he decides to cash in randomly, and then he loses in two seconds. It was like they just decided, you know what? I think we're good this year. We don't need the briefcase. Get rid of it. 
I mean, or yeah, him, as him, if they him, decided him. we don't like Baron Corbin, let's make him be humiliated. Yeah, but I mean, we would soon learn that they love Baron Corbin. His failure to cash in was in the middle of a feud with John Cena, which ended with him losing to John Cena at SummerSlam, and then John Cena promptly fucked off. So <laughs> that's that's just uh, like the the overarching story of this entire thing is just that Baron Corbin lost it for no reason for a feud, which he didn't even win. I just think that they had decided, all right, we're going to go with Jinder until we want AJ to take it. And then we don't need this cash in. Just get but, rid of it. In, 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 in realistic, like, for terms, we're going to have Jinder hold the title until Brock Lesnar tells tells us he doesn't want to fight Jinder Mahal. So oh, no, no, I think, I think AJ was going to win it anyway. I just think it came a little earlier because Brock Lesnar said, no, no, I'm not fighting Jinder Mahal. <laughs> Um, and we got Alexa Bliss. Totally cool with that. I, you know, for what they did, I guess. But you could have done a lot here. You know, you could have Charlotte sneak in and cash in on Ronda because Charlotte should be a heel at all times anyway. I think we all thought Natty was gonna just turn on Ronda, so you could have done that. Sasha Banks should have had a briefcase by now. Just because, you know, banks, money in the banks. I don't know. It seems like it writes itself. Um, Naomi and Lana didn't need it. Alexa Bliss was good for what they did with her, but you could have done more, too. I think if if you're going to take the attitude of, like, I know it's like hindsight is 2020 and you can change a lot of stuff in that regard, but you want to take the mindset of, okay, you can change it from the actual night of money in the bank onwards. And knowing that you've already booked this Ronda Rousey Nia Jax match for the Women's Championship, knowing full well you can't have Ronda lose that match, but it's way too early for her to win the World Champion. Well, it's quite early in her run to win the World Championship. Then, yeah, you should give it to the smarmiest heel out of the bunch of them, which is Alexa Bliss, and have her ruin Ronda's cash in, beat Nia Jax, and be a, a much bigger heel foil for Ronda to beat up and win the title from. So I think the way they did it actually worked out for the best, really. Oh, that's fair. I am totally annoyed with the how the Braun Strowman thing worked out. <laughs> this is even worse than the Corbin one in a really yeah. Like, <laughs> but I, I again, I, I don't know what 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 you really should do. Who should have won this match based on the conditions at the time? And I know people disagree. Some people disagree. With me. Rusev should have won the Money in the Bank out of this one because he was super over. Yeah, he was super over this. I know people could say however artificial the Rusev Day stuff was. He was the most over person in this match. I agree. And he should have been the one to win it. And again, we're talking hindsight here. So Yeah. Yeah, so even if it was artificial with the Rusev Day stuff, and if if he wouldn't have lasted beyond 2018, in 2018, he was the hottest thing on SmackDown and the hottest thing in WWE in general, arguably. So he should have been the one to win it. If not him, Samoa Joe should have won it because he could have used that still win a world championship and he he's someone who could probably get over with the title i think joe is the only person on this list that could have believably cashed in on brock lesnar just sneaking up behind him and putting him in, in the coquina clutch yeah just it's the fact that just braun did absolutely nothing with it and he could have just got on a match with roman reigns for the title if that's what they wanted to do with him post SummerSlam anyway so there there is the moxley thing where moxley says he was supposed to cash in successfully 
or he was supposed to at least attempt to at SummerSlam, and then the Shield promptly fucks everybody up, and they go off the air with the Shield doing the fist. But when you think about uh, Braun Strowman is watching the match from the rib, gets promptly beaten to shreds by Brock Lesnar with the briefcase that Brock Lesnar then just throws away. And Roman Reigns finally gets his moment, and then it becomes Roman versus Braun with uh, the Shield and Ziggler and McIntyre hanging around. It was just so weird. And at the end of the day, fucking useless. That whole thing was just so dumb. And I'm so glad that Braun is now a champion in a as out of a situation as it was. But yeah, not a fan at all of that whole thing. Um, Bailey, uh, we're getting, this is weird. Okay. So actually let's go with Brock. Um, cause Brock, we can talk about now it's fully complete. Brock won. We got Boombox Brock. And even though he beat Rollins who had beaten him and then Rollins beat him again. And that, I don't like that. And I think I would have gone with somebody else in the grand scheme of things, but Boombox Brock was pretty great. So, <laughs> Uh, hindsight, I think they could have done more with Lesnar, especially with the idea of the cash in on the first Fox on Kofi. But yeah, Boombox Brock was so good that I would not have wanted to see anybody else win this match in hindsight. Yeah, yeah, in hindsight, I wouldn't change Lesnar winning the money in the bad briefcase. What I would change is that he would cash in on Kofi on the first right. night of Fox. Yeah. And I he would agree. have had, and I would have had that match. Uh, and again, in hindsight, I would have had that match go five minutes rather than three seconds. Yeah, that's long it was. That just give been... Kofi, just give Kofi something, and then I'm totally fine with everything. But Bailey, we're still kind of riding the wave of that a little bit because even though she technically she had the, a split between when she won the championship, she cashed in at uh, later on that in same night. night. Yeah, she beats Charlotte, who had beaten Becky. So, because they were just, they wanted the whole, you're the um, dual champion, but we actually don't want you to be dual champion. So, let's get one of those titles away from you immediately. We really only want you as a Raw champion, that kind of thing. So, they give it to Bailey. And Bailey holds it for all the time that she's holding it now, except for a four day stint, which they have in their minds completely tried to wipe out. Yeah, outside of the fact that Charlotte gets another number to her ranks. Exactly, and I think that Bailey should not have won it. I think that this title reign with Bailey has been awful, absolutely awful. And I don't know who I would have given it to instead of Bailey to win the Money in the Bank thing like that. But if I can change something of the mix, maybe I would keep Bailey as the Money in the Bank, but have her lose the title somewhere along the line or something like that. That's booking her title reign though more than anything, and I think, I think I would have given it to somebody else instead of Bailey, just because I know now that they're still not wanting to do this only thing that matters, which is the um, the Sasha Banks feud. They still just don't want to do it. Did you see the interview where she said, "I'm totally cool, waiting till WrestleMania to do the match"? <laughs> Ridiculous. It's I I will agree with only half of your statement. I would not have changed Bailey winning 
Because at this point, she hadn't won anything for so long. She needed that singles title run. I would have changed the whole, you know, oh, we got to turn her heel. We got to turn her heel. Let's turn her heel. Because she's done nothing with it. And I think overall, it's made her just another wrestler where Bailey had such a character. You know, and now she's just another wrestler. She's a chicken shit heel. Who really cares? Yeah, I'm trying to look at this in hindsight and just try to see, because I agree that the Bailey title reign hasn't been very good at all. I'm just looking over the other people that potentially could have won. Camilla's already won it, so you don't really need to give her the briefcase again. I don't think it really suits her to have it the second time, at least so soon afterwards. We know Emma Moon gets injured very soon after this, and doesn't really amount to anything anyway. The Mandy Rose stuff, that means you miss out on the Otis storyline because I doubt that she, well, you could obviously could have transitioned into it, but I think now she's in a position where she can show more character and then eventually move on to a women's title position. Uh, Nikki Cross, I think that the actual, it's actually been a benefit of her to be teamed up with Alexa Bliss, where she's actually... That's how it started, right? Of the money in the bank that she needed somebody to replace her yeah so yeah and i feel like that's that's benefit that's benefited both of them instead uh naomi we know goes aol for a while because of the uh the uso situation and all the other stuff and natalia is already like <laughs> a, a well-established name so she doesn't need to wait the only one that you could potentially watch to then is dana brooke and I feel like there's there's at least some intrigue. I've always had some sort of intrigue with Dana Brooke potentially being elevated up from the position that she's currently in. She is a lot better now than she was three or four years ago. Yeah, I'll give you that. And I feel like this could have been, if you treat it correctly, a good springboard for her to eventually, even if it was only shortly, to win the championship. Whereas Bailey, you could always Bailey because of her popularity and legacy at that point in time you could say okay she could just win the Smackdown Championship at any point in time she could have moved over to Smackdown and beat Charlotte for the titles like in the couple of months after Charlotte had beaten uh, Becky Lynch for it and right. wouldn't have batted an eyelid and then you could have Dana you have Bailey turn heel and have Dana Brooke beat her and maybe even have like a short run with it before dropping it back to Bailey again if you wanted to then you have a shorter Bailey reign which makes it slightly more palatable you have Dana Brooke get like a shock victory, which makes Bailey. It could even be the catalyst of Bailey's heel turn is her. Oh my God, I can't believe I lost to Dana Brooke for the women's championship. And then that makes her go crazy, kill her, all her Bailey buddies. And she's a bit more of an aggressive and meaningful heel rather than the very just sourpuss role she's model. A, she's a she's Karen, going right? Like that is what they're going for daily, right? Like she's just a weird, like, let me speak to the manager. Sourpuss? Yeah. I think her and Rollins at the moment are really in a real dead heat for me for, like, worst heel of the year at the moment. I think <laughs> Rollins... Just... Rollins, now that he's tapping into the Jesus stuff, is a little better. But Bailey, so my boring. God. But Bailey's... At but least Bailey's there's really a character well. there. It's the, it's the thing that I hate the most about it. It's not the fact that they're reigns or they're bad wrestlers or anything like that. It's just they're really boring. And at Bailey's least really there's boring. a character with, with Rollins, though. With right. Bailey, it's like... There's literally nothing there. I almost feel like, because we, we are forgetting here, Bailey was left with nothing after Mania. Sasha went home, and she was like, okay, we got to reboot you. So I thought the Money in the Bank was good. I just wouldn't have had her turn heel 
with Sasha. I would have had Sasha win the belt and let them do their damn Survivor Series Raw versus SmackDown match. And then whatever you want to do with Bailey after that, so be it. I mean, if you want to have Bailey lose it to Charlotte and then Charlotte do something special at Mania, fine. Charlotte versus Jana Baszler for the SmackDown title at Mania, great. But like this Bailey thing where they're going, you're the only real star we have on SmackDown. So we're just going to keep it on you and we're not doing anything interesting. It's just been such a drain on her career. To know that this Money in the Bank briefcase win leads to, hey, at next year's Money in the Bank, it's going to be Bailey versus Tamina. <laughs> it's been a year. This is what yeah, we got no. out of it. That's what. That's one of the ones where it's just like, you know what? Maybe it would have been better to just give it to Dana Brooke or yeah, she, to have Natalia beat Charlotte. You see that title beside, outside of that break with Charlotte. She's held that title for like a year and she's done very little of interest with it. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, could cha- go ahead. I was going to say, if we could change it by just having somebody else win the briefcase, then I'm almost pretty much down for it. Yeah. I would even be better with giving that to somebody that takes a more of a risk like Lacey Evans and just be like hot shot her immediately. That kind of thing. They did anyway. They should have just given her. Yeah, they did that in a different way. She was fighting for the Raw Women's Championship on this pay per view. She main evented Extreme Rules and and, uh, Stomp the Grounds. I mean, they maybe should have, instead of having her come up and feud with Becky, maybe they should have had her uh, be in the Money in the Bank and won that and been the top thing on SmackDown. You know, like there's. Yeah, they should have just kept Charlotte on Raw anyway because they were going right back there. Right. So that's what they should have done. So the only other thing to talk about then is something that we can't talk about, which is whether or not this whole climb the corporate ladder thing is going to be something that we look back in hindsight and wish that they wouldn't have done. Uh, we don't know who is going to be in the Money in the Bank matches this year. We don't know if this whole story with Apollo Crews is leading to anything that we're going to look back and go, why the hell did he do this? Or, oh man, he got replaced by this person? Like, that kind of thing. So I guess... Uh, Predict the future of your potential hindsight. <laughs> Do you think we're going to look back on this upcoming Money in the Bank and really be like, ooh, should have done something different there? Or do you think that this might potentially work out okay? I think we're going to look back at the concept and say that was fun as a one-off. Hopefully as a fucking one-off. <laughs> and as far as the winners, I think we're almost guaranteed to be like, ugh, that wasn't great. I think the matches themselves will be fun just because of the cinematic thing they're going at the moment. They're, they seem to be getting quite good at that for the most part. So I feel like they might do a good job with this this funny fighting through the the like through the building. I think they might have a few funny spots into it. So I don't think we'll regret the match itself. I think the winners, I think on the women's side, if you give it to Shayna Baszler then maybe there's some worthwhile value there. I don't feel like I feel like they're gonna give it to Nia Jax. So I'm not looking Me forward to so I think I think in hindsight we're gonna look pretty badly on that one. The men's side of things I don't know who they're gonna give it to on the men's side. Depending on who's replacing Apollo, I don't know, but the only person I can honestly see is Corbin. Cause I keep going through like having Alistair Black like, I climbed the corporate ladder. Like the only person who can make that work is there's two people. There's Corbin and there's Ziggler. And I don't see them wanting to give it to Ziggler. 
But maybe they give it to Corbin again. I yeah, I feel. Yeah, Cor- Corbin is probably the favorite at the moment, which is painful. <laughs> but I, I would say I'd, I'd look back on it positively if either Daniel Bryan or Alistair Black won it, even if it isn't in the like most ideal circumstances. I feel like they're the two people that could do something positive with it. Black in particular, that could be the thing that actually elevates him up. Well, we will find out next week at some point because the uh, Money in the Bank's coming up next Sunday. Not this one, a couple of days from now, but you know what I mean. And we will do our full-on predictions later on uh, leading up to that next week. So, you know, we'll kind of break down our full idea of everybody that's in the match and where we think that's going to go. And who knows in hindsight what we end up thinking about it. But at least in hindsight of this what did you think? Good podcast? Bad cop podcast? Bad way of saying bad podcast? <laughs> I should have not said the word that jumped ahead on that. Um, I don't know. Drop a comment below. Tell us your thoughts on this. And also some ideas for future episodes of Wrestling is 2020 because I don't know when we're going to get around to doing this. In hindsight, I'll know. But, you know, that's kind of the whole point of everything. So I did most of my plugs uh, other than the fact that if you want to follow us all over the place here, follow us on the social medias of Facebook and Twitter at smart out moment. You should follow me all over the place at Tony mango and at a mango tree. And of course, check out fanboysanonymous.com and click around all those different things here. You just start doing clicks on the different social medias and different podcasts, the sides of things and accounts and all that, then any likes or favorites or follows are all greatly appreciated. But you should also do the same thing for these guys as well, because they have things that you can be checking out and you can be following and you can be hitting like buttons on and stuff. So tell them about them. Tell them. Well, please follow me on uh, Twitter at Wigmeister14 and check out all the weekly articles on Smart Moment, including the Power Rankings, my weekly contribution. And, yeah, there might be some other stuff that I can talk about in the near future. But for now, that's it for me. Rob? And for me, you know, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, that dude, Felice. Check out WrestleZone.com. Check out Fightful.com. That's where a lot of the news breaks, and I write for those websites. So all that stuff is greatly appreciated. Thank you, and I'll pass it back over to Tony. And now I grabbed it. (laughs) 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 Grabbed the imaginary baton. Uh, talking stick or whatever it is. I don't know. Talking mic. That's the point. Those are mics. I don't know. I'm all over the place here. Point being, thank you for listening to this. <laughs> I think this is the most scatterbrained you've ever been. No, I'm sure I've been more scatterbrained than that, but I can't think of it. So maybe that kind of <laughs> goes along with being a little scatterbrained. Point being, I uh, appreciate all the support that everybody gives to us. Many, many money in the thanks. For everybody else out there. And uh, we will continue on with whatever the game plan is for the rest of the next uh, couple of days or so. And now we got the hot tags coming up. So we'll do that either Friday night or Saturday, depending on the way that things work out and stuff. We'll talk about Cain Velasquez being uh, released instead of winning the Royal Rumble. And uh, the new video game that's coming out for 2K and other hot tags. You know. The way that we've been doing the hot tags for like you know, 500 weeks or whatever the hell we've been doing it. So thank you. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your comments. We'll see you next time, everybody. But for now, this has been another Smart Out moment, and we're being counted out.